Hello, and welcome to Learn to Love, a show where we talk all about things you can do to build a better, stronger relationship. Our team is powered by passionate volunteers looking to bring forward the best of what they know to help you stay together. Love is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Our podcast, articles, and videos feature insights from the latest research on relationship psychology, intimacy, conflict resolution, parenting, and more. You don't need to go in blind and make the same mistakes as those around you. Check us out on our brand new website at learnlove.ca or listen on our podcast, the Learn to Love podcast. Thank you for joining us in our vision to create healthier relationships and stronger families. Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm super, super excited to be welcoming you back to this brand new episode on the Learn to Love podcast, which I have been planning and super excited to release for almost a year now. Um, So I'm super excited to get into the content of this episode all about feelings. We're going to continue the discussion from the last episode on feelings here, specifically that feelings don't have IQ. We're then going to learn that love is commitment in spite of feelings glitching sometimes. This is going to set us up for the next episode where we continue our discussion on this kind of commitment. We're going to talk about love versus needy dependence on independence versus interdependence and what that looks like in a relationship. Then we're going to continue the discussion on reasons why people feel they need to be dependent. We're also going to talk about traps that people set themselves up in to make them dependent, especially on tools they use to numb their emotions, like phone use or a whole bunch of other things we're going to explore and how it's really, it it might be numbing. We're going to look at numbing versus meaning. Uh, The reason we use the things that we do, we'll also explore some works from Viktor Frankl. We touched on Viktor Frankl in the first episode on tips to strengthen a long distance relationship during Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, or just any relationship where you're physically separated for some time. Um, But we're going to get back into that again. We're going to talk about two books um, when we go there, Man's Search for Meaning, his famous book all about meaning and suffering, and Yes to Life in Spite of Everything. This is a really, really interesting book that was lost for decades. Yes to Life in Spite of Everything before it was recently discovered in archives and published in English for the first time ever a few months ago. So there's a really, really, really interesting book on psychology that was written by Viktor Frankl, who lived in a number of concentration and death camps as a prisoner in World War II and published this book within a few months of his release, um, his liberation. He has the life in spite of everything about some lessons that he learned there, which are really, really interesting. So I'm excited to, to share that with you in later episodes. But let's now get into this episode all about feelings not having IQ and continue the discussion from the last one where we started. We're going to touch in this episode about ideas first presented to me by Laura Schlesinger, 
and her book, 10 Stupid Things Couples Do to Mess Up Their Relationships. We'll talk a little bit about why we sleep, and Matthew Walker will also talk about a book called The Happiness Project from Gretchen Rubin and more. So thank you so much for joining me in this episode, and I can't wait to begin. Okay, feelings don't have IQ. Let's recap. In the last episode, where we introduced this concept, we said that feelings often glitch. They very, very often glitch. We think that we want to do one thing or that we feel a certain way, but it's really hard for us often to know what is really causing that feeling in the first place. So a big example of this is, let's say that you are really hungry, and when you're hungry with somebody, you just like you snap at them, you get agitated with them very easily, okay? There's, there's a term for this. I think it's called hangry, like when you're hungry and angry because you're hungry, okay? So you get mad at your partner and you think that your partner is the one to blame for your unhappiness, but really you are just hungry. Another big, big thing that could be contributing to the sensation is that you are tired, tired, guys. Matthew Walker talks about this and why we sleep, okay? A huge, huge proportion of people around the world today are not sleeping enough. And you might think that you, you know, you don't have time to sleep. You know, we have a whole bunch of different excuses for why we, you know, don't, don't think that we should be able to sleep. But interesting thing to note is that humans, I believe, are the only living things on the planet out of all the animals and other species on the planet the only living things that intentionally get less sleep okay other animals sorry other living things on the planet will try to sleep as much as they can except for times of survival okay like if they can sleep they will um, but humans uh, have so many reasons why they don't want to sleep and will intentionally delay or get rid of sleep for trivial things, not related to survival, but just like wanting to stay up late to play a game or watch a video or talk to people. I'm sure you can think of excuses in your life of why you stay up late. But this has a really, really large effect on our moods, okay, on the way that we feel. Gretchen Rubin in her book, The Happiness Project, uh, where she talks a lot about her research on happiness, writes that she came across a study um, that found that people who sleep one hour more on average per night became happier, equivalent to having a $60,000 paycheck raise. That hour of sleep more a night made them happier than if they got a raise up to $60,000. In her book, she also wrote about, well, basically her book is she's a researcher and author on a mission to see what makes people happy and to try to become happier. Okay, so she does a whole bunch of research on, on happiness and then she tries doing different things based on her research and see to see like how it affects her. And she has a blog also um, called The Happiness Project and gives tips to others as well on things that they can do to be happier. So if you're interested in that, definitely check it out. 
the big thing she said is when she started sleeping more, she felt so much better too, a lot happier, a lot more present, engaged, and just much better. And and this goes very much in, in Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep, to the very nature of our minds and how they function. So in that book, uh, Matthew Walker is a researcher all about sleep, and he spent decades researching sleep and what it is, and then kind of wrote a book um, called Why We Sleep about his findings. You'll see there that sleep is absolutely critical for our brains to function. While, while we're sleeping, our brain can change the wavelengths that it uses when there's less um, conver- like less frequencies going on in our brain, less communication between the neurons, it can use a lower wavelength to move deeper within different regions of the brain. So this is a lot of the way that memory is um, transferred from short-term to long-term memory stores across the brain. Um, Also, while we're sleeping, our neurons, the the brain cells, although there are other cells in the brain as well, are being cleaned. They're this plaque Um, that can cause a lot of damage and eventually lead to brain diseases like Parkinson's, like dementia, can build up when our brains aren't being cleaned, the the fluid that surrounds our neurons being filtered out of the brain, okay, and and cleaned. Um, A lot of this only occurs while we're sleeping. So just by sleeping more, we can also reduce our risk of a whole bunch of brain diseases and other diseases too. There are a lot of studies now that show a connection between heart disease and stress and sleep. And by sleeping more, we can experience overall less stress and also a lower risk of heart disease. So the reason I'm sharing all of this with you is because I want you to understand, you may think that you're unhappy with your partner, okay? But actually, it's just because you're tired. It's not your partner. It's that you're tired. It's that you're hungry. Or it's that you're thirsty. A lot of us guys walk around dehydrated. A lot of people don't hit the minimum eight cups of water a day recommended for adults to have full hydration. So just keeping a track of the way that you take care of yourself can give you huge insights into your own unhappiness, your own tension. So many of us snap at our partner or like we're so mad at them or just feel so bad in general and aren't so fun to be around. And and like we feel like we don't feel good in the relationship. We don't feel good with our partner, with our with anything. But guys, really often that's coming from the way that we treat ourselves. We said already earlier in the show that we have to treat ourselves well, okay, in previous episodes, to take care of others. You have to take care of yourself to take care of somebody else. And this is so important here. If you don't feel good in your relationship, okay, you need to recognize, one, that there are many times in our life when we don't feel good in general. There's some studies that I came across that show that people in general don't feel great all the time. In fact, they actually spend most of their day like just feeling okay, not feeling really good per se. There are moments when we feel really good, but we can't always feel really good. That's just part of life. And we explored that in the last episode when we talked about how the brain adjusts to increasing stimulus, increasing dopamine, um, and more. Basically, the more stimulus and pleasure you have, the more you get used to it, and then the more it takes to give you the same effect. 
the same pleasure that you would have felt before. And we see this in our life through having so much today, so much, guys. Not in every generation did people have meat on the table except for special occasions. If you are living through the the Great Depression in the 1930s, you may have been to a restaurant once or twice in your whole life by the time you were an adult, okay? Today, we can go to restaurants, you know, many of us, um, almost like like whenever we want. Um, we have a lot at our disposal today. Dishwashers, electricity, heating, comfortable beds. Like, the world is more affordable today, okay? Cars used to be luxuries, but today a lot of us can afford them. And yet, we still find ourselves unhappy. In fact, unhappiness seems to have been going up over the past century, despite so much available at our disposal. And what I'm trying to say here is that stuff on its own isn't going to make you happy. You're just going to get used to it, okay? You're going to get used to it. So what I want you to understand here is that you really need to take care of yourself if you want to have a good relationship with your partner. It has to also come from you, okay? You need to try to sleep enough, eat well, okay? Exercise. Exercise is absolutely essential for our bodies to function properly. And this is so important today because a lot of people aren't getting the minimum exercise that they need. In fact, the majority of people in North America and in other developed countries are not meeting exercise, like recommended exercise limits around the world, but especially in North America, um, based on what I've seen. So this is another place that you could focus. Why is exercise so important? Because it is required essentially really for our bodies to function. For example, our limbic systems, okay? It is a series of vessels throughout our body, kind of like our arteries and veins, but they carry a lot of our immune cells, okay? The vessels in our legs only pump properly when we move our legs, okay? When we move our muscles, it squeezes those those vessels to move the immune cells and the other things that flow through the limbic system, through our bodies, okay? It's the same thing with veins. So our, our veins, often we get buildup in our legs of, of blood waiting to come back up, but we need to move. We need to actually squeeze those muscles in our leg and walk to get that blood pumping properly. It's a lot more than just that. Stress, stress. We talked about this a little bit in, the, in our anger management series and conflict resolution. Stress is degraded primarily cortisol and the other hormones that are associated with experiencing and feeling stress is primarily primarily only relieved through exercise. Yes, deep breathing and other things can help with this as well, but exercise is so important to degrading that cortisol in the body and those other other stress hormones. And and some people think that this is because the stress response itself was designed to be done alongside exercise. So for example, the fight or flight response, this is what a lot of people talk about when they talk about stress. This is the like, like, let's say that you're, you know, you're in the 
forest or something or on some savannah plain and a tiger comes at you, your muscles are going to clench, your eyes are going to open, your mouth is going to drop for you to have more oxygen, to be more aware, and then either you're going to run away, that would be flight, or fight, try to fight the target, okay? That is what the stress response was designed for, to give us a lot of, of stimulation, a lot of awareness, a very heightened awareness, that's going to lead to some physical action only through that running or the, the fighting is that stress built up in our blood in high concentration going to really degrade, going to get filtered through our body, okay? Now, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not calling you to fight I'm not call, or, or any of this. What I'm saying is that you can use exercise to help you reduce the levels of stress hormones that you have built up in your body throughout the day. Today, there are a lot of things that can trigger our stress response unrelated to survival. For example, like we all know the feeling when you have an email that you really need to send, but you don't know what to write and, you know, you've kind of been leaving it off for two weeks um, and you're stressed about sending this email or like somebody sends you an email um, of some task you have to do and you're not happy with that task, that makes you stressed. You have a deadline coming up, you're worried about it, it triggers this response, the stress response throughout the day. But the problem is that we spend so much time today sitting, 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 or lying down. We're so sedentary today, more than any other generation, I believe, ever in the history of humanity. Sedentary just means like not moving. You'll wake up, you know, in bed, lying in bed. Then you'll move downstairs or wherever. You'll eat breakfast. You'll sit at the table. You'll sit on the bus, sit in your car. And you'll, you know, you'll sit at your desk in the office, sit back in the car on the way home, sit at the dinner table and sit on the couch and watch TV and then lie down in your bed. It's sit, 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 sit. The problem with that is, is there's virtually no time for you to really degrade those stress hormones. So they're building up throughout your body in the day and you're not doing anything particularly to get them down. And they're just going to build, 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 build and stay for a long time. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to not feel very good. I mean, you're going to feel stressed. And another thing is you are now at much increased risk for heart disease, heart attacks and more because that same stress response that is so important to helping us survive an attack, okay, but fight or flight is also degrading to our heart muscles, okay, and a whole bunch of other things too. So stress, okay, we need to work to reduce that stress, not just by trying to like take on less stressful tasks, you know, we can talk about essentialism, how we should only be taking in things that are absolutely essential for us to do our jobs, and then we spend a lot of the day doing things that are not directly as essential, really, to, to what we actually need to do. Um, but this, you know, I'm not going to get so much into that um, now, that can be more um, for a, a separate time, a separate discussion. But the big idea here is if you're not exercising, okay, if you're not exercising, that stress is not degrading, okay? Exercising, it can be even walking, okay? Walking for 30 minutes a day can have huge effects on your mood, okay? So the message I want, I just want you to take home, the really important take-home message here is we are all, we like we all have ways that we could treat ourselves better, okay? Ways that we can treat our bodies better. 
for example, through sleeping more, eating better, um, or exercising more, okay? But also ways that we can treat our minds better. For example, like using limits, we talked about this in the limits um, series, to moderate our self-talk, to help us talk to each other in a better way. We're so negative. So many of us are our harshest critics. We speak so negatively to ourselves. And this is also just not good for us. And the thing is, we're doing all these things that we know aren't good for us. And then we are unhappy. And we feel bad. And when we feel agitated or we feel bad, we often get upset with our partners, okay? We think that we're unhappy in the relationship so that we should get out of the relationship. But I I just want you to focus on the idea that what you're doing is playing a huge, huge role in what you feel, okay? We have to take ownership, ownership of ourselves, okay? Responsibility for how what we're doing is contributing to the situation that we're in. If, you know, you're feeling really, like, unhappy, there are extreme cases, like, okay, when there's, like, abuse, I'm not going to get into that here, where, yeah, like, okay, you could leave the relationship, sure. You know, like, that, that's, I get it. Like, that, that's actually really important to protect yourself. But in most cases where we feel unhappy, I just want you to ask yourself, like, how and what and what I'm doing, okay? How is what I'm doing contributing to the situation? So I want you to ask yourself this question, okay? Let's say that you saw yourself from the outside, okay? Like you were floating above yourself and you're watching yourself as an outside person. Would you think that that person that you're watching would you think that what they're doing is making them happy, okay? Like, do you think that that person is treating themselves in a way that would lead them to feel happy? Another way that you can think about this is like amongst your friends, okay? If your friend was acting the way that you're acting, if your friend was taking care of themselves the way that you take care of yourself, okay, would you think that they're happy? To be happy, to feel good, this is what I'm getting at, we have to act in a way that a person who feels happy or feels good would act. And the reason I say look at the outside or look at the friend is this is going to help you try see it a little bit more objectively, kind of thing, a little bit more removed from the situation to really get at the heart of the problem, okay? If we want to feel good and we want to be happy, we need to act in a way that people who feel good and are happy act. Now, this is something important that Gretchen Rubin talks about in her book, The Happiness Project, um, but that's also discussed elsewhere, is that we have to first act, act in a way to create feelings. So it actually goes both ways. Feelings create action, and action creates Feelings, they go both ways, okay? So if you start acting in like somebody who takes good care of themselves, okay, you're going to start to feel like somebody who takes good care of themselves. I mean, this sounds like common sense, but I'll, I'll break it down a little bit more here so that it sticks. If you fake it, if you pretend to smile, okay, you will actually feel better much of the time because our body associates 
different physical sensations with emotional sensations. And we talked about this so much in the conflict resolution series where we said, if you want somebody to feel close to you, okay, to feel safe, like there's somebody with them, protecting them, around them, actually hug them by, by literally hugging them, okay? By, by physically feeling close to you, you can create that emotional feeling of feeling close, feeling safe. Remember, we talked about I'm angry often equals I'm scared. So we can use this to kind of like guide the feelings that we, we want to help the other person feel. Safety, connection, okay, to help them calm down through physical sensations. And, and what we're doing here is we are... We, we can do that as well around the way that we take care of ourselves. So what, I, what I'm saying here is fake it till you make it, okay? Fake it till you make it in terms of self-care. For example, if you're not the kind of person that usually um, goes for a walk, okay, every day for like at least 30 minutes um, or does some sort of physical activity every day for 30 minutes, okay? Fake it. Fake it. Act like the kind of person who goes for a walk for 30 minutes every day. Okay? Just act like it. Eventually, it will become what you do through repetition. That's how habit, habit formation occurs, through a lot of repetition. We talked about this in the, the habit series. Or, for example, if you find yourself, like, just in general, not the kind of person that sleeps, you know, nine hours a, bed, nine hours a night in their bed, eight hours of which is sleep, Okay? If, if you don't feel like you're that kind of person, start acting like it. Fake it. Fake it. You know, for like, for one week, say, I'm going to go to bed at 10.30 every single day that week. Okay? And let's say you're in bed 10.30 to 7.30, nine hours in bed. You're going to be sleeping hopefully about eight of those hours. That's awesome. That's going to help you hit that target for good health and good feeling. Eventually, it will stick. Okay? If you don't feel like you want to smile, okay, or if you don't feel like the kind of person who smiles often, you can fake smiling. It will make you feel good. If you don't feel like the kind of person who goes to sleep early, you can just do it, okay? You can just actually go to bed early. Just do it. And eventually, you're going to start to feel like the kind of person who goes to bed early because you're going to bed early, okay? Action creates feelings. Feelings create action. It goes both ways, okay? It's often actually easier to just go with the action. So for example, like instead of feeling like now is a good time to go to bed, if it's 10.30 and, you know, you're trying to go to bed on time, just do it. Just go to bed. Just do it. Go to that, you know, do that action. After a while, you will start to feel like the kind of person who goes to bed at 10.30 and sleeps eight hours a night because that's just what you do now. Okay. Action creates feelings. Just remember, that's so, so important. And remember that question, okay? If you're not happy, if you're not happy in your relationship, if you don't feel good, okay? Ask yourself, am I the kind of person that would feel good doing what I'm doing? Like, if my friend was acting this way, would I think that they feel good? Okay, that's so, so, so important. So important. It's going to help us really, really understand our role, and remember, it's so beautiful 
to feel like you have a role because like when you're partially, when you're responsible, at least there's something you can do about it. It's so hard to walk around life feeling like there's nothing we can do because then we're just at the mercy of our environment and whatever's around us. And yes, our environment does play a big role, okay? I used to study um, public health and health promotion. So yeah, yes, I, I know the effect of the environment on health, okay? But, but also, we have a role and feel, you know, taking responsibility is so liberating because now you have a say, okay? You have some control over your situation by taking responsibility. For example, like by saying, I'm responsible for going to bed at 10.30, okay? That's something you can do. You can make many small wins of going to bed at 10.30 and rewarding yourself the next morning by waking up a little bit earlier and going for a walk, okay? Or having more time to make yourself the coffee the way you like it or, or something else. Um, but eventually, these kinds of things will stick, okay? We have to first do it, okay? Take the action. Come from a place of looking for responsibility. Be curious. Like, ask yourself, what can I do, okay? That's a great question. What can I do? Where am I responsible? And... Just do the action, and I hope that understanding where, like, where you're responsible, what you can do, how all of your actions are influencing your feelings will help you go on a course to take better care of yourself so you can have more emotional capacity to deal with your partner, the family, okay, your relationship, your, your work, and everything else that you face in life. Feelings don't have IQ, okay? Remember, we get mad at our partners and we're actually just, you know, hungry, tired, thirsty. We're not exercising enough. Feelings don't have IQ, but you're going to think that it's your partner's fault. Like in the moment, you're going to genuinely believe that it's your partner's fault that, um, I don't know, that you dropped... Um, one of the shopping baskets on your way up the stairs, okay? Or like on your way to the kitchen or wherever, you know, you drop something and you get really mad at your partner and it's your partner's fault. You lash at them. I mean, you know, we've seen this in movies before. I'm sure you may have experienced this in your own life too. Um, or if you're, you know, if you're not, um, like if, if you don't have a, a relationship right now, I'm sure that like when you were younger, you could see this with your parents. Did you ever say, feel like something was your fault? Like, you know, they just got mad at you over that, you know, that you dropped something, but it's actually not your fault at all. It's just that when people don't take care of themselves, okay, it's very easy to blame someone else for the situation that they put themselves in, okay? But everyone has a role. Now, don't be confused here because I, I did say we have to find our role, but then I also just thought that wasn't our fault. What I mean is like, like times when the partner gets angry at you for something that really isn't your fault, like... um. I don't know, like the, the milk placement in the fridge, they like snap, you know, why is it like that? Or like, I don't know, there's like a Tupperware that isn't, I don't know, it's like, it's, it's half empty and they snap, you know, why would you leave it like this? Or like they, they drop something, you know, and like they snap, you know, I dropped it, it's your fault. It's like, um, like, you know, like the, the reaction is disproportionate to like your role, okay? Like it's not your fault if they drop something, okay? Like if they didn't call you, okay? ask you to help um but that's just what i mean this reaction is because it, it may be because they're not taking care of themselves so so when we feel bad it's very hard for us to know what is 
causing us to feel bad. That's the don't have IQ part, okay? We feel, but we don't know what's causing the feelings. And I'm telling you, most of the time, is that you're not taking care of yourself well enough, okay? When you start to take better care of yourself, you're going to see your partner in a whole new light when you feel good. You're going to put on a new lens. Remember, we talked about lenses. And you're going to start to see the world completely differently, your partner completely differently, and your life may change substantially too. Not just are you going to feel better, I mean, when you're happier, when you take better care of yourself, and you'll be less likely to experience a wide range of diseases, okay, specifically of the brain and heart. Um, and even some cancers too are now related to stress, um, to sleep, to exercise, um, and to diet. So when you know, when we take care of ourselves in all those avenues by eating right, exercising, sleeping right, we can reduce our risk of even cancers too. Um, look that up online if you're interested. I'm not going to get so much into it um, here. Um, but just know, yeah, like not only is your health going to be better, you're also just going to feel much better. And the big thing is you're going to be less angry at your partner, at your friends, at your peers. You're going to just feel better all around, you're going to look at people as if they're better. You're going to feel less like people are trying to take advantage of you or, you know, people are trying to get at you. You're going to just be less angry. And like, it's, it's a really liberating feeling to feel like not angry all the time. It's like the clouds have opened um, and people are going to like you better too. People like people who smile. People like happy people who are fun to be around, okay? So just by taking better care of yourself, not only are you making yourself feel better, but you're also encouraging other people to feel good around you too, which is going to work wonders for your relationship with your partner and the relationships that you share in your work, you know, and every other aspect of your life. So we just finished um, the first main thing I wanted to get over with, like I wanted to cover in this section. And this next one, I want to talk about the idea that Love is commitment in spite of feelings glitching sometimes. So this is a really, really big part of um, Laura Schlesinger's book, 10 Stupid Things Couples Do to Mess Up Their Relationships, which is that, again, love is commitment in spite of feelings glitching. Now, the thing is that feelings, as we've discussed so far, glitch. Okay, They glitch very, very often. And they're very, very delicate, okay? Not only are they related to the way we take care of ourselves, but also just like random things a little bit out of our control, like weather, daylight hours, hormonal cycles, okay? They, they, they aren't always going to leave us feeling good. So if we want to always feel good and we have this notion that whenever it's not good, I'm out, that's actually going to set us up for doom and failure because no matter how good your partner is, Okay, no matter like how good you are together, you're going to not feel good sometimes because that's just the way feelings work, hormonal cycles work, and life works in general. Okay, there's gonna be a night with bad sleep, there's gonna be like an illness or or something that comes up, you know, God forbid, but like often, like you know, you have fever, you just don't feel good, or you know, like there was something came up with work, stress, you're not always gonna feel good. And if you base your whole relationship on the notion that you have to feel good in the relationship, what you're doing is you're really acting like a child, okay? Because it's, it's going to glitch and you just have to recognize that it happens and stay through it. And why did I say like a child? Because children are very often limited to their feelings in the ways that they react. 
So we talked about this um, in conflict resolution, um, but I want to talk about it from a little bit of a different light here. But just imagine, imagine like a, a young child, okay, maybe like a three-year-old who wants to get cookies from the counter and there's like a jar, okay? So what they're going to do is if they really, really want those cookies, they're going to hopefully not, but, you know, stand on a chair maybe and, and grab some cookies out of the jar and sit on the floor and eat them. And then you come into the room and you say like, oh my goodness, you know, you can't eat that, na, na, na. And the child is going to start crying because they're not going to know what to do. Um, but, but the big idea here that I want you to get is like the child wanted cookies and they got the cookies, okay? Another thing is like with, with crying. So like the child feels scared, they cry. The child feels confused, they cry. And we see this a lot with babies too. Scared, confused, like anything, anything, the smallest hint of tension and the baby cries often. And the thing is, it's, it's not really fully in control of the crying. I mean, yes, the baby can choose very often when it wants to cry, but it's very much in the mercy also of its feelings. If the baby feels anxious, it cries. Now, the thing is, an adult can often choose if they want to cry or not, how they want to react in situations. So a child, a very young child and a baby is often at the mercy of their feelings. They act virtually entirely based off of their feelings when they're very, very young years. For example, you know, they feel that they want a cookie, they get a cookie. You know, they feel that they want to play with their toy, they scream and cry and tell you that they want to play with their toy during dinner time, okay? They feel that they don't want to eat, you know, this food because they don't like it. They're going to let you know often, okay? You're going to see it. But an adult, on the other hand, is not fully at the mercy of their feelings. Yes, yeah, feelings drive actions, but adults have the ability to do things in spite of their feelings, okay? Like to delay gratification. I'll give you an example of this. So let's say that you were in school and you had a test coming up, okay? And you really, really wanted to go out with your friends and, I don't know, play, kick around a ball or play some sort of a game or go see a movie. You just really wanted to go out, okay? You felt like going out. But you knew that you had an exam and you knew that grades were important for your success and you instead told your friend, you know, no, thank you for inviting me to the movie, but I'd rather stay, you know, but I need to stay in and study. And maybe you feel bummed about it for a few minutes at the beginning, but then, you know, you stay in, you study and you make some progress on your work. And what happened here is really, really important to our discussion because essentially what you've learned to do later in childhood and as a young adult, is to delay gratification, okay? You feel like going out to the movies, but you don't. You stay in and you study because you know that you can go out to the movies after exams are done. You are delaying gratification. You are acting, in a sense, slightly separated from your feelings. You are mediating your response to your feelings. It's kind of like there's a filter. There's like a feeling, okay? Then there's thinking about the feeling. And then there is the response, the choice of what do you do based on the feeling. The feeling said, go out with your friends, okay? The brain said, well, like feelings, 
largely come from the brain. Okay, so the other part of your brain, like the frontal lobe, um, said, you know, I really think we should study. And then your choice was to stay in and study. You acted in spite of your feelings. Now, this is so important. It is what a big part of what makes adults adults is children usually act alongside feelings, okay? They don't have so much of a say, in their, especially in their younger years, of how they react based on their feelings. The feelings almost entirely drive the action, whereas adults can choose how they react often based on a feeling, okay? Like that example of studying or, or going out with friends, okay? Now, what I, want, what I want you to do is to remember this and to apply it to your relationship with the understanding that love is commitment in spite of feelings glitching, okay? Feelings are going to glitch, but you can choose to commit. You can choose to act in spite of your feelings because you know that very often those feelings are going to change, okay? You're going through a hormonal cycle or, or something and your feelings drop temporarily for a couple of days, okay, or a couple of hours, and you feel a lot of resentment towards your partner, and you think, I want to break up with them, like, I need to break up with them now, okay, like, I just can't do this, this isn't working for me, okay, um, and then you, like, slash at your, like, you, you do something very negative towards your partner, like, you tell them something very mean, hope, I mean, ho I hope not, but unfortunately, this happens sometimes in relationships, you tell them something, you know, that you don't mean it, and, and, but, but you're just really mad, so you say it. You know, you yell at them. You maybe you curse. Like, a lot a lot of just, like, very, 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 very mean things people do to their partner sometimes when their feelings drop, okay? And then what happens? Your feelings come back to normal after a few days, and you go to your partner, and you say something like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean it. And your partner's going to say, like, I'm really, I'm really hurt, but okay, um... Like, I accept your apology. And then you think, okay, everything's fine. But the problem is that it's not, because remember when we talked about this in, in conflict resolution, we talked about nails, a hammer, and a fence. And that, that parable with the boy, and every time he curses, he puts a nail through the fence, okay? And then every time he refrains from cursing, he pulls the nail out of the fence, and then he looks back and sees that there are so many holes in the Fence, okay? When we say harmful things to our partners, and the thing is, guys, the closer we are to our partner, the more those words can hurt because the more we know our partner's vulnerabilities and soft spots, people can exploit these in a very negative way that leads to abuse in a relationship. And people sometimes do this temporarily, at least, when they're when their feelings drop, okay? And then they they curse that they, you know, they, they do something very negative to their with their partner that hurts them, and then they apologize. But the damage is done. It can take the partner months, years, or even never again to like have the same level of safety and trust around you. Remember that we talked about safety being so, so, so important to establishing a, a strong relationship. I think, I think a, the, the biggest things in a relationship are friendship and safety. Okay, a sense of safety to describe, you know, to, to share how you see the world with another and to have your experiences acknowledged as real. This is a big part of intimacy when we said that intimacy is the ability to share your world with someone else and to feel accepted. Okay. And and just like security in general, okay? Like you you don't 
you, you, you don't feel safe with your partner if they hurt you so much. And I'm sure that you may have seen this with like a friend or a sibling. They said something really hurtful to you and it took you months to get over it, even yours, okay? Or maybe you just never spoke to the, them again if it was like a friend and that broke off the friendship. Guys, that's the thing. Like you can ruin the friendship and if you ruin the friendship, the most important part of the relationship is now like, like damaged, okay? And it can be, be very, very, very hard sometimes to repair it. So what I'm advocating for here is to try to separate your feelings from your actions and recognize that your feelings are going to drop and it's probably going to be your fault, okay? I know that no one likes to hear that things are their fault. I actually love to hear when things are my fault because, you know, I touched on this earlier. It means that I, there's something I can do about it. It gives me a sense of control. Like, great that this is my fault. What can I do to make it better? Okay? It's a liberating question. It creates a lot of con sense of control over the situation. Things you can do to change. It's amazing. It's amazing to have the opportunity to change. Okay? To make something better. That it's your fault means that there's something you can do about it. Okay? I encourage you to just think about responsibility in general in this way and try to actually look for how you can take on more responsibility for issues in your relationship instead of less because by doing that, guys, you can fix them. Okay? The first step to fixing a problem is taking some sort of responsibility over it, acknowledging that there's something you can do to make it better. Okay? There's almost always, always, there's almost always things that we can do to make it better. So I want you to expect, okay, expect the feelings to glitch. Expect them often to come from places outside of your relationship. Expect that if you feel a lot of resentment or something towards your partner, it is an underlying insecurity unrelated to your partner, okay, but that you that a soft spot that you brought to the relationship. Or it's just that you're not taking proper care of yourself in the moment. And, and so you feel resentful to your partner. But we don't have to act like children. We don't have to snap at our partners and just express how angry we are or like how, how stressed we feel to our partner and hurt them. We don't have to hurt them, okay? There are other ways around this, guys. We could tell our partners things like, Honey, I feel like I'm very stressed right now because I haven't taken enough care of myself today. Okay, great, guys. That took the blame off your partner. Now they can take a deep breath. <sighs> you know, there are partners often wondering, like, was it me? You know, I see they're agitated. Did I do something? And they're very nervous. They get on edge. We talked about mirror neurons, remember? If you feel stressed and tension, it's going to mirror that reaction in your partner. Now they're going to feel stressed and tense. And I'm sure you've experienced this. If somebody's very agitated or angry, you kind of feel agitated and on edge too. Okay, if somebody feels very relaxed and calm, you often feel relaxed and calm too, okay? Because like those, those mirrors, we often treat others like mirrors, okay? Like they treat us the way that we treat them often, okay? In the case of abuse, um, in other extreme cases, this isn't represent proportional or representational, okay? Like they do things that we don't deserve, that we didn't, you know, we, we, we didn't contribute to directly. It, it was a disproportionate reaction. But in many situations, um, like, like outside of those extreme situations, there is that mirroring involved and in, in any dynamic between people, okay? So just remember that. So a part, if, we're, if we're agitated, we're going to leave our partners feeling agitated and then they're going to wonder what they did. And it's not nice for them either. It makes the relationship hurt. And like, a relationship isn't supposed to hurt. I mean, sometimes it, it may hurt. It's just inevitable that we feel hurt sometimes. It's just our feelings, okay? But 
a relationship is supposed to be enjoyable. It's supposed to be a partnership, like a team, um, where you guys come together and together you're much stronger than if you were ever apart. Okay, it's beautiful, beautiful. It's like having a team member that can work with you to build a beautiful life. And there's, there's so many reasons why we benefit from connection, okay? Which we discussed a bit, a bit in previous episodes, but we, we'll get more into in, in later episodes. I'm going to do some reading and some research into the benefits of being together. I mean, I've done some already, but I'll just do some more before making a dedicated episode to that. But just just know that when we're agitated, when we're stressed, our partners are often wondering, what did I do, okay? What did I do? And this isn't a good feeling to have. So by, by assigning blame, when we say, honey, I'm feeling stressed because I wanted to exercise today and I didn't get the chance, um, I'm like, it's, it's my fault, Okay, like I take responsibility for that. It's going to make them feel a bit better. But then, guys, our partners want us to feel good and they often feel partially responsible for our good feeling. If we feel bad, they think, again, like it's my fault because people judge their ability to be good partners based on the way their partner feels. They think that being a good partner means that the, the other feels good, okay? Like a good boyfriend thinks that they're a good boyfriend when their girlfriend is happy. Okay, if the girlfriend isn't happy, the boy is going to feel like, what am I doing? And the other way around too. If the boy isn't happy, the girl's going to think, you know, good girlfriends have happy boyfriends who are satisfied. So, you know, what am I doing wrong? Okay, so we need to take care of ourselves to make it easier for our partner, okay? And then, okay, I take responsibility. I didn't go to the gym. I'm not taking good enough care of myself. Um, I want to go for a walk for half an hour to just calm down a bit. And you're welcome to come with me if you want to, but like, you know, I totally get it if you want to just stay home. But I just feel like I need to go for a walk. Guys, I bet you they're going to say, oh my goodness, honey, like, I'd love to come with you. What can I do to support you? Okay? By, by not blaming them, we're opening the discussion, giving them a role, an opportunity to help us feel better, which is what they want to do, guys. They want to support us. Because then they feel better about themselves, too. Like, a partner who supports another partner feels good. They feel like they're they're building a great relationship, okay? And they want to feel that. We want to feel like we're doing our part in a relationship, okay? That we're helping each other because it makes the relationship stronger and more likely to last. And that's beautiful. That's what we all want, okay? Um, and if they don't want to come, just go for the walk. Just relax. Take care of yourself. Remember, you cannot have the physical and emotional capacity often to be a good partner, or at least the best partner you can be, if you're not taking care of yourself. You need to take care of yourself before you are effectively able to take care of others. And remember, guys, remember, love is commitment in spite of feelings glitching sometimes. They are always going to glitch, but when they glitch, recognize that it's a glitch. Recognize my feelings are dropping right now, okay? I recognize that this is probably partially my fault for not sleeping enough or, you know, staying up too late, not drinking enough water today, having too much coffee, not exercising enough, okay, not, not breathing enough, okay, and then stay in the relationship and try to stay in a good dynamic with your partner, and remember, you can fake it till you make it, okay, just by smiling, by faking a smile, okay, faking a smile is going to lead you to often feel better, and ask yourself, okay, what do people who are calm do? And just fake it. Fake being a person who's calm. What do people who are calm do? They take deep breaths. They relax. They go for walks. They listen to calming music. 
Okay, do those things. Pretend that you are the kind of person who does that. Take a deep breath, meditate, go for a walk, okay? That is going to help you calm down and eventually you are going to become that person, okay? You fake being the kind of person who does things to help them calm down. Eventually, that's going to become who you are, the kind of person who does things to calm down. And be nice, guys. Be nice. Our partners are sensitive, okay? Sen we all are sensitive, okay? We all are. Words hurt, okay? It can take years. It can even, like, damage can never be repaired if we lash out at our partners. Just recognize feelings glitch, okay? Recognize they glitch, Try to calm down. Communicate with your partner that they're glitching, okay? Say that it's your fault. If it is your fault, I bet you it is your fault like 90% of the time, okay? Um, and if you feel that it's something really that your partner is doing, then you can have that limits conversation and you can establish like your rights in the relationship, all these things that we spoke about um, to, to help to mediate that, to manage that, okay? Navigate it by being proactive and making it clear, okay, consistently enforced, well advertised, so your partner understand, okay, remember habits that are built over a long time, sometimes like if our partners are used to always watching TV in the evening and we want to communicate with, with them more and have 15 minutes a day where we speak over tea in the evening, it's going to take a little bit to get that in motion, but the hardest part is always starting, okay, eventually our partners are going to feel more comfortable, more natural, doing that with us if we agree to it over that limits conversation and put it in the book and the board and those other tools um, that we talked about so far, okay? So just, just remember, okay? They glitch. Recognize they glitch that it's often your fault and try, just really, really, really try. Don't lash at your partner, okay? Don't get angry at them. Recognize that you're glitching. You think you're angry with your partner, but it's actually that you're not taking good enough care of yourself and commit to the relationship. Commit. Stay committed. Even though the feelings are glitching right now, it does not give you an excuse to get mad at your partner, to, to treat them badly. Commit to the friendship that you have, to the safety that you have, and commit to what you've built, okay? You built a strong friendship. Commit to being a friend, even though you're mad. Commit to it. Stay committed. Love is commitment in spite of feelings glitching sometimes. And it takes an adult to separate, okay, the action from the feeling. We feel like we want to go out with our friends, but we stay into study. You learned this in school, okay? You've learned this when you were younger. Um, if you're listening to this and you're still in school, you're learning it now. It's a really, really great skill. Delayed gratification that's going to help you excel in all aspects of your life, okay? Delayed gratification. And um, just, just keep it. Keep it on your mind, okay? And just work on that self-care. Work on it. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you much healthier. It's going to make you more fun to be around your partner. It's going to make you see your partner and those around you in a better light, okay? A better lens. And it's just going to, yeah, like, honestly, you're just going to feel good in general. Not only, you know, healthier, feel good partners more happy to be around you, friends are more attracted to you, well, co-workers are more attracted to you too, like just people like being around people who smile, okay, and take it care of themselves, self-care, okay, sleeping enough, drinking enough water, eating well, exercising, and I'm sure there's more that you can think of, like clearing out the clutter in your house, um, making time to meditate or to take deep breaths, um, making time to connect with your friends and family. These are all important aspects of self-care that I'm sure that you can think about. 
um, some things that that you, you know, maybe that we, we didn't mention on the show that you want to do, think about it and start a self-care challenge to treat yourself better over the coming weeks, months, um, and hopefully you'll turn it into a habit that sticks without you thinking about it. You find yourself breathing more, exercising more, okay, and so on. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode where we talked about how feelings glitch primarily from us not taking good enough care from ourselves. They glitch in the sense that we don't know who's responsible, okay? We blame our partner, but actually it's us. Actually, it's that we're just tired, okay? That's causing the issue. Um, A lot of us don't take good enough care of ourselves. A lot of people aren't exercising, aren't sleeping, aren't drinking enough water. A lot of children too, guys, is really, really bad, okay? It's a bad trend that we have going on in the developed world. Um, and, and in some regions of the developing world too, but like what from, at least when I've seen in my research, like especially in North America. So just be aware of that working to take better care of yourself has a huge amount of benefits. Okay. To you, to your partner, to everyone around you, to your health. Okay. To your feeling, you're going to just feel better in general. And remember that love is commitment in spite of feelings glitching sometimes. Okay. In spite of that. Remember the adult to separate the feeling from the action. Commit to the friendship, guys. No matter what, even if the feelings are glitching, they're going to glitch, okay? Just commit to the friendship. But the better you take care of yourself, the less down feelings and glitches you're going to experience. If you want to see more, check out our website, learnlove.ca, also our blog, learnlove.ca slash blog, where you can find lots more resources alongside the show, including videos, blog posts, some pictures, diagrams, and more. Um, you can also check out our social media. That's Learn to Love Media on Twitter and Instagram, or just Learn to Love on Facebook and Pinterest. I am super excited to welcome you back in the next episode where we continue our discussion on commitment and on feelings, where we get a little bit more into numbing. I'm so excited to talk about this because it is so, so important. I hope that you found this episode meaningful, and I can't wait to welcome you back in the next one. And just a quick update before we end, we mentioned in the last episode that our Udemy course is done editing. We're now, um, throughout the past couple of days, getting in all the course, you know, descriptions for all the lectures, getting um, some practice questions and quizzes ready for you. That course is going to be ready really soon. um, And I'll let everyone know when it is available if you want to have a structured uh, course with a lot of the content that we talked about here on the podcast but don't worry we're going to continue sharing content on this podcast irrespective of the course we're all about helping you stay together so our commitment to that will keep the majority of our content always free okay free for you so check out our website if you want to see more learnlove.ca reach out to us on social media i can't wait to um interact with you there or send us an email at contact at learnlove.ca. I read all the emails that we get um, about what you think of the show or what you want to see on the next one. I love reading your suggestions and answering your questions. It makes me so happy. Um, so please reach out, contact at learnlove.ca. And I can't wait to welcome you back in the next episode. Thank you for joining me.